0: What's up, guys? Thanks for listening to Intelligent Nonsense. We appreciate you guys. And obviously, this wouldn't be possible. and wouldn't be be as easy as it is without our sponsor, Shaping Up Nutrition. We appreciate you guys over there. It's a business that's inspiring and impacting our community through nutrition and empowerment, Shaping Up Nutrition, healthy and delicious on the go. And let me tell you, I can't lie. The, their shakes are phenomenal. Um, they're very good. I love me some of those protein shakes, especially for a workout. Um, So good, so good Very, very delicious The tea's phenomenal Especially one of the ones with the energy tea Energy tea all day, baby You get one of those energy teas You're good to go So, guys, just want to say thank you for Shaping Up Nutrition Thank you again for being our sponsor If you guys haven't checked them out You need to check them out Check check them out at all their different locations They have multiple locations around Wichita Go check out Shaping Up Nutrition And all their franchisees around Wichita Again, shaping of nutrition, great teas, great shakes, great people.
1: Holy crap, finally. <laughs> Are you in your car? Was it was it the blue teeth? No, like, it literally, I uninstalled, I, I uh, disconnected from Wi-Fi, gave the app permission for the microphone, did all these different things, and then it was like, I don't, I don't know, maybe I, I even closed out all apps, and then when I came back in, it was like, nope, and then I finally was <sighs> able to bring it back in, so I, I apologize about that. No, that's
2: all right. I'm uh, trying to do a little research here. Um,
0: <sighs> all right.
2: Yeah. Well,
0: we're we're all on now. We're good to go. We had a little technical difficulties, but we're good to go. Brandon Whipple, Mayor Brandon Whipple. You know, it's it's interesting. This is the first time I've actually ever talked to in person or anything, or you know, over this uh, to a mayor in general. So this is pretty interesting. <laughs> and like we were, we were talking at the beginning, uh, you know, six months started January 2020, and already you know three months in, some crazy stuffs going on.
2: Yeah. You know, so. We thought this was going to be a lot different, but yeah, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, you're good. It's just, it's crazy. I bet you, I bet I, 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 no one goes into, you
0: know, going into the mayor, you know, becoming the mayor and going into all this thinking, well, there's going to be a pandemic and I'm going to have to deal with, you know, c- civil unrest. Um, and then, you know, and it seems like 2020 is like a movie. We keep saying it's like a movie. These things keep trickling down. We had <laughs> deadly hornets. Now we have... Uh, we have co- cocaine addicted uh,
2: alligators. Oh no! Did have you seen that article? <laughs> I haven't checked my email uh, in the last hour. But is that the next thing we're worried about I in Wichita? That's the, uh, that's the next thing, Florida's worried about. Florida oh, has Florida. To yeah, Florida's yeah. a mess. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, it, it's interesting. We uh, came in. It was, um, we like the weekend before I got sworn in. We had these all these layoffs with Spirit, right? Yep. And it was gonna. Put us back into the same, I think, economic down point as the Great Recession did. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, like that's really defining uh, being a mayor, where I, that's going to probably be the worst thing we deal with. And yeah, because usually, I and mean, that's the biggest thing. I, th- I think um, Mayor Brewer, biggest thing that people talk about with him was he got us through the recession. So I thought, okay, well. Um, I now have to be the recession mayor and then bam, we get, you know, COVID and then bam, we get uh, some civil unrest and then we get more layoffs and then we get murder hornets. And, um, I joked with, uh, one of our staffers, uh, about, you know, I bet next month we're going to have aliens that land and, and, downtown, you know, in old town and we're going to have to fight them off for like six, six feet long spears so we can socially distance. Well, you know, while we're defending our planet. Uh, that hasn't happened yet, but she did send me a uh, link. I guess uh, the government is actually releasing pictures of UFOs. So, you know, we, we don't want to – still got six more months left of this year. I don't want to, you know, uh, uh, say – say uh it's not possible because it might be
0: you know you with anything going on to this year anything's possible so if we got independence day type of situation happening then <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me honestly it Right? would it? It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me but you know kind of going away from that real quickly go ahead and, and kind of tell us a little bit about your background our listeners or your background how you got to your position now and then you know pretty much the beginning to to now
2: yeah so um actually i probably one of know I I wouldn't expect to be in this position yeah 10 years ago or even uh, I moved here about 16 years ago um I'm from New Hampshire originally and I came here uh to work in AmeriCorps um I I wanted to work with at-risk students um I was supposed to be here for about a year Uh, I completely fell in love with Wichita um you know the people were just really nice uh the um Ah, uh, cost of living was low. Uh, I got in-state tuition over at Wichita State University, which was half the cost of any school in New Hampshire or New England. Really, they accepted all my credits for transfer. And because I'm a first-generation college student, I didn't have any money for school. My parents didn't have any money saved up for me. Um, with AmeriCorps, after doing a year of service, you get like a five thousand dollar grant. Oh, nice! And that grant, and once I got in-state tuition at Wichita State really paid for the majority of my schooling. I still took out loans, of course, um, because, uh, you know, young people don't make great financial decisions, I guess, when it comes to, like, I could work a few extra hours or I could take out this loan. Um, so I'm still paying off the college loans, but that grant really went a long way uh, to, to help me out. So I wound up doing my undergrad and my master's here in Wichita. Um, I was supposed to go into social services, uh, and I wound up, uh, going into the public policy and then later into the, um, political side. And, and here I am, I was a state, uh, state house representative for about seven years. Mm -hmm. I ran in 2010, lost. And of course, I'm going to call as soon as I'm on phone with you guys. Um, and, uh, ran, I lost, and then, uh... Swore I would never run again, of course. And then I, um, and then uh, I ran the next election. We had a what's called a redistricting, where they actually changed up the boundaries a little bit. And we didn't have a candidate, uh, so I, I won that. I, I did. Um, I was seven years in the legislature. Uh, really wasn't going to run for mayor. Like definitely was not on my list. Um, as a legislator, you you work really it's a lot of work in the beginning of the year and then the rest of the year uh you're doing more community stuff so my wife works more and I was pretty much a stay-at-home dad so we had the summer all planned out we were going to you know go to the zoo we had dinosaur park passes I had a uh, um what was it uh, the exploration place when it rained like I, I had this all worked out with my three boys yeah. and then I got a call saying um from really Democrats um Pretty much the pitch was, uh, we've asked everyone else to run for mayor. They've all said no, and now we want you to. <laughs> and it and uh, they had some decent arguments for it, where like, hey, Wichita deserves a choice, and some of the stuff you've done um, up in the legislature, you know, I'm, I'm considered a moderate. Uh, you've know, you you've always worked for Wichita, so a lot of that transitions well. And I laughed it off and said no, and then I wound up getting a call from a Republican, um, someone who you know, our respect on the other side. Um, and his arguments are roughly the same that like, well, which Todd deserves a choice and really, you know, you should put yourself out there because what do you have to lose? You probably won't win, but you know, why not go for it and, and at least uh, give Wichita a choice. Yep. Uh, so we ran for office um, and just, uh, you know, just kind of went uh, day by day and, one up winning, uh, so by double digits, actually. Uh, so here we are, uh, trying to usher in what's been a really crazy six months for Wichita.
1: And then while you, while that's all been going on and doing that, you also you also got a doctorate degree, didn't you? Yeah, yeah.
2: So uh, yeah, so I have a doctorate degree, um, actually in leadership studies. Uh, I had a a bit of a trigger event where I was working in social services, and there was a. Uh, I was a case manager, and it was a young kid there, probably about three years old, maybe four, um, who was abused. And we all knew he was abused, and we didn't. You know, DCF was involved. Uh, people were involved. We I knew that he was safe when he was with us, right? Like he, we fed him, like he got schooling. Everything was good. Well, he acted out uh, in one situation where he wasn't dangerous, but he he showed potential to be dangerous. He touching another kids, butt, pretty much. Um, and that was his third strike. Uh, and, and, and I remember going into my boss saying like, Hey, I'll keep an eye on him. Like, you know, I'll, I'll change my day around so that we can make sure that he's getting what he needs, but also keeping everyone safe. Mm-hmm. And she told me that the policy says we had to get rid of him. It's because of the policy we, we got to get rid of him. And that made me realize like my calling might be policy, right? Like it's not going to be, Uh, because I felt powerless, like absolutely powerless, that there was nothing I could do, and I thought this was a bad decision. So, okay. So I wound up switching my major uh, at that point and uh, looking at uh, policy and cross-cultural studies. Uh, I was actually going to go to the Peace Corps. And then during one of those classes, I had a professor, uh, Professor Glazier. Uh, he made a comment about how uh, over at Wichita State, I remember a whole lot of my class lectures, but this one sticks out, where when it comes to public policy, there are people who really good ideas, uh, but that's not enough. Um, you got to have good leadership skills. Uh, you got to be a good leader to get good ideas through to the end. And so I didn't really know what leadership was. I think a lot of us kind of assume it's like a spell charismatic people put on other people. Right. Uh, so I wound up applying for and uh, in getting into a doctorate uh, program in leadership studies uh, where the in const- my concentration was in policy and law. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wanted to uh, go that route where I was going to do policy. And then I thought if I could be charismatic enough to get myself elected, but still have a policy and leadership background, um, I'd be a double threat. Right. There's a lot of elected officials, believe it or not, uh, aren't really that smart people. Like the smart ones listen to smart people, right? Like a lot of them, they're charismatic. They, they make you feel good. Um, but when it comes to like actual, you know, the meat behind them, like there's, there's usually not a whole lot there beyond ideology. Um, and, and, I feel like a jerk saying that, but, you know, I got seven years in the legislature. So, like, has anyone, go to and test it, right? <laughs> um, so, anyways, uh, so, yeah, so that was my my goal was to actually kind of have this policy base um, to understand leadership studies uh, and then to put myself in a position where I can make the most good. Now, uh-huh. I'll tell you, uh, it took me about seven years to finish a four-year program. Um, it was not a, um, a, a natural... I guess, uh, uh or just really easy slam dunk program, uh, for me, but we got through it. Uh, and it doesn't uh, i kind of tell you this other weird thing. It doesn't actually make me a really good leader. Like you think having a doctorate in leadership studies, like makes you a great leader. It makes me recognize really bad leadership. Yes. Right. Like usually yeah. I can kind of, I feel like my dad watching the Patriots play football, right? Like my dad can't play football but he sure knows every play they should be doing, right? Like, he sure knows like, <laughs> oh, if only Belichick did this or that, you know. My dad, my dad, of course, he has the mindset for it, but that doesn't mean he can go and do it. I wanna become a better leader, uh, but really my, my education has kind of showed me where the pitfalls have been when people have kind of overplayed their hand.
0: Yeah. That is awesome. I, li- I like how you said that. I know uh, Jordan and I we we we've had several discussions on leadership abilities mm-hmm. and leadership how how leadership is done. And so I, I really like how you explain that. Um, in my mind, you know, you mentioned well, you mentioned that in leadership, it's people think that it's an, it's just this way that, that you have that you can lead people and you can you can make people kind of listen to you. And and people have this connotation that you know if you take if you take a leadership course or you take a leadership. Uh, certification course or whatever it is that they automatically think right. they have the leadership ability. You got it. Yeah, yeah you got it. You, you have it. And, and it's, and it's, it's far from that, from the, as being able. And I think what I'm understanding from you is your goal is policy, but again, that's idea. So leadership, it's an idea, but if the, hmm. the real challenge is, can you execute on that? Can you right. really put it into action? Can you really make things happen and I think that that's kind of what I'm getting from you is that you're one, that, that's your main goal is you have the ideas, you have the policies, you have things that you want, but now it's how can we execute in a, in a good manner, in a great manner.
2: Right. And it's interesting. I think leadership's like an art, to be honest. Uh, in my doctorate program, I actually focused on leadership as an interdisciplinary um, subject, uh, mm-hmm. not really just painted into one corner or another when it comes as, as far as like theory, uh, but or, or even, you know, I, I was really blessed where I had people in the education sector, the private sector, the public sector, who are all in the same cohort with me, um, kind of sharing their experiences. Uh, but I will say that uh, leadership's really messy, you know? And, and by being an art, I mean like sometimes you can kind of see where you're going uh, and um, it's really tough to explain, right? Like so, Um, particularly with my, I have a uh, disappointed, uh, a council, advisory council to the mayor on diversity, inclusion, and civil rights. And a lot of people, well, what's the defined goals and outcomes? And the reality is like, I want this to come from the bottom up, right? Like, well, I can't actually go in there and say, hey, this is this is what I want you guys to to do, right? Like instead, it's no, let's create them ourselves. It's an art. It has to come uh, from experience. And uh, so I, I, it's tough to explain some stuff, but if you do it right, I think the best policy comes from like organic experience where you That's learn how to cool. yes. take those stories, take that those um, um, experiences within our community and then figure out, okay, is the outcome, does it have to be, a change in the way we do things at city hall or are you at the state level or is there a network solution so like a network solution for instance is like when covid hit we needed uh like a one stop shop for um for people to go and get let's say toilet paper or go and get uh, products that were of uh the population that were high risk mm-hmm. uh what well, we couldn't just do it online like kind of our generation like we're all Look, probably the same. You guys better hairline than me. Probably a little younger, but yeah, uh, you know, we all go online. We create these incredible websites. My mother-in-law isn't going on a website, right? So, like, she needs that hard line to call. So, do we now try to get city hall to set up a, a call center, or can we do the network solution, which we'll is have um, you know call United Way to the table? And ask them, hey, can you utilize your two one one service? Can you help us with this? Which they have. Uh, so, a lot of my job is to figure out what the problem is, and sometimes we don't even know what that problem is until we start talking about our experiences, yeah. and then, of course, trying to figure out, all right, how can we fix it?
0: Exactly. Exactly. No, I, I like that a lot. You, you, I think you, you you've just explained what people's issues with leadership are, and what they what they just don't understand, what they don't grasp about it, uh, you know, and. Um, it's, again, it comes from the experiences. A lot of things that, you know, people experience, and I know you're dealing with, you've said you're dealing with social work. You see a lot of bad things that happen mm-hmm. in that environment. You see a lot of things. I and mean, like you said, a three-year-old, right? He was three years old. Right.
2: Yeah, touched, three or four, I think. Yeah, yeah three or four,
0: he, he touched somebody's butt. I mean, in, in my mind, I'm thinking he's a three or four-year-old. He's going to learn because of an experience of something right. he's seen, some bad behaviors he's seen. And your guys' goal was to, okay, we're trying to re- kind of reform him a little bit, show him right from wrong take care of him, um, bring him in. But with that policy, it's, it's hard to make good changes. Sometimes there's like, there's that roadblock that stops you from making a good change when you know it's needed. So then what is the process behind that? What are, what is your goal when you see something like that? What do you do to really push policy and then execute? What's, what's that
2: step? So um, outside of organizational politics, uh, which I think, you know, in that particular situation, if I, was in a position to influence that nonprofit that I worked for. uh, It would have been the, there would have been a step in which we could have interjected, right? Where the policy is black and white. Um, I mean, this child that you're during this experience uh, touched the kid's butt and then justified it by saying, well, I was outside the underwear. And which means like, someone did that to him. Like he, he had that experience and you know, that justification, that's not a natural justification, right? My kids don't talk like that. Uh, Um, something they experienced. And so my goal was to keep him safe and my boss's goal at the time was to keep everyone else safe. So like, I kind of get it. Um, but there was no, yeah, but there was no like, you know, what plan B where if you have the resources, you can do it this way. Mm -hmm. Um, but when it comes to like policy, uh, at, at the city level, uh, or even in a legislative level, um, it's really scenario planning. It's really about figuring out, okay, what what is the problem, and then like, what's that first step to getting the problem and bringing fixed, and then bringing people to the table um, to talk about it. The more eyes you have on something, the more likely, more people involved, you run into the possibility of just blowing it up where it's tough to, we got lots of people at the table, you got people looking and worried about different areas. It's its usually easier to walk away. But also if you do it right, if you have kind of that, that leadership like art form down where you can get everyone motivated towards one project, um, you have less of, you know, what they call unintended consequences. Uh, story, interesting story from the legislature is we wound up um, uh, having one of our members, like very sad story. Uh, his son was killed on uh, the Largest water slide in the world um, up in yes. Kansas City because we had no regulation. So this group comes in from Texas, they build a water slide using roller coaster dynamics, pretty much, and it kills a, a, a child. And um, so we wrote legislation to try to fix this, and the unintended consequence was um, we actually shut down or would have shut down every YMCA and city slide uh, in the entire state because the policy itself was overbearing, right? It was too much, uh, which we had to do what's called trailer policy where you fix the unintended consequences. It's a lot of trial and error. Um, So the goal is to get less unintended consequences, right? Where you start taking those first few steps where they're meaningful, but you don't want to, um, the the further you go, through untested waters, the more likely you might have some unintended consequences where you kind of miss something. So the trick is to bring people to the table, make sure that you have lots of people who are willing to question you, be around people who will challenge you. Um, but also people whose purpose isn't to challenge you, but to, to further the goal, right? Like to challenge you because of a bigger picture, not just because, um, you know, they, they, they want you to fail. So that's the very interesting balance on how you can utilize, I think partisanship more naturally, like people who don't like you. I work with people who don't like me all the time, right? Or I try to, at least I try to hear uh, the legislature. You don't got to like me to work with me. I learned that fast. Yeah. Um, but as long as your arguments aren't against me, they're actually for the, the development of a good policy. Then you kind of get that perfect, uh, um, that, that perfect method that I think our system set up for um, yeah. where the debate uh, and what ones have been compromised happens uh, uh, to create a better product. Yeah. It's
1: it's like like with, the, with like the civil rights advisory board, like, mm-hmm. like you guys, you put it together. Like, it's not like, you're not like throwing out a policy that might be a bad or good policy. It's like you're gathering information from that group of people on the list that were brought in for the first three months that are going to get together and talk about, you know, this is what we might want. This is my, this is why this will work. This is why it wouldn't. And then go from there and just um, bring people in every three months just to kind of cycle through, to get even more, I, know, I guess, more experience and even more people to bring their ideas to the table. And then from there, try to come up with a better policy that will fit the city as a whole.
2: Yeah. And you know, interesting thing, I actually probably extend this out beyond three months. I had no idea. no mayor's ever done these type of councils before. So I had no idea that I was going to get like over 150 applicants and, you know, we're just not going to be able to fish through or, or filter through all the people who want to be involved. We've got to find a new spot for them. Um, but the, the group is really good. So I'm hoping that I'm going to reappoint most of these people if they want to stay on and they're doing work, um, probably for at least a year. But the three month term means that, you know, it gives people a way out if they really can't devote time to it. Uh, so we can put someone else in who, you know, uh, really can, uh, do the work. Um, but yeah, one of the interesting things when I go around and I go to all the rallies uh, that I can, um, and I go and I talk with groups and I meet with people because, you know, my goal is to figure out what, what are people's experiences and some of this stuff, um, you really can't legislate, right? Like in this group, I think, uh, of, uh, it's the most diverse group, which ever ever city which ever put together. Um, and some of the experiences there, like, can come out that just really unexpected. Uh, last week I, I spoke with a group, um, about, a, I think a five or six, uh, managers over at a local business who are African-American and who had particular experiences, uh, with police. And they actually, one of the things that stuck out, um, we talked, you know, bad experience with police and then how we got to figure out ways to have good experiences with police so that we can build relationships and have community policing. Right. Yep. Um, and then a guy said something, one of them, uh, told me, like, well, I don't care if you're having a party and or, you know, we're having a, a really great uh, uh, local event in a community, Please, police are there, I'm not showing up because of my past experience. And that actually, like, there, there's some, there's value to that. Like, where, you're right, like, one of the things we have to talk about uh, is that, um, is healing, right? Like, where I can't legislate healing. Like, I can legislate or I can almost... Uh, manufacture with other community leaders uh, police showing up and we're going to have a barbecue. We're going to turn on the, um, you know, have the firefighters turn on the uh, fire hydrants so that we can have kids playing. Like we can manufacture that type of stuff, but how do we also reach the people who uh, who need healing, who are still hurt by their past experiences? Like what, what does that look like? Um, And that, you know, That jumps more into that network solution part, but also just recognizing that, I think, uh, uh, is really important moving forward. And that's something I would never have picked up on on my own, right? Like, I got to have these conversations with people to hear about their experience um, um, so I can pick up on, like, a little nugget of information like that, that it better – is better uh, informs uh, us going forward. Where some people are avoiding this because they've had these experiences, and those experiences are real. They have real emotional impact, and it's not because you know we're not like. I don't know, cooking up burgers or something like, you know, like there's, there's an actual reason for it. So exactly. this committee uh, helps with that, it, their own experiences, but they also each represent individual communities, right? So it's not just so-and-so who goes to, you know, is a member of this type of a uh, uh, religious group, but also that religious group can report to them their experiences and then they report it to us. So it's, It has has lots of opportunity, like lots of really good um, opportunity. No one else is doing this, uh, but I think Wichita, moving forward, we have a chance to be the best at, you know, uh, coming out of, I think, this turmoil um, stronger. Yeah, no, that is awesome. I I mean,
0: to see our city doing something like that, that makes us feel good as a community knowing that, you know, we're – whatever feelings we're having, like you said, the emotional, the emotional Mm -hmm. feelings we're having, the experiences that we're having that we've had, whatever, whatever we've had, hopefully our experiences that, you know, essentially that data, right. It's essentially data essentially to you guys, that information is going to provide maybe a solution to steps forward. How do we, how do we continue to enhance our city? How do we continue to make things better between people and police people and government? Because a lot of people don't like the government. A lot of people don't like politics. A lot of people don't like police because, you know, there's always conspiracies, there's untrustworthiness, there's a feeling of resentment, there's that feeling of, I, I don't know what you are, I don't know what you do, I, why would I want to, you know, try and, try and be personal when I don't even know you, you know, so that this this is going to, hopefully this is going to start to bridge those gaps, and for you to be able to implement that and be a part of that, that's going to be awesome, that, that speaks volumes to what you're trying to accomplish, and it kind of goes back to your history. It seems like your history has been a part of getting in getting into the, the the dirtiness of the city the grime the, the things that maybe most people don't see and trying to trying to build that and and get you know try and wipe away as much of that as possible by, by being involved um, yeah you know, and, and finding meaning
2: in it is what I'm trying that, to do so leadership's risky right I get a lot of like what if you fail at this what if you put together this group and you and it's interesting I, some of the feedback I get from people um, is that this isn't gonna work no way like everything, about this is just wrong. Or they're looking for like a negative spin where, oh, you're just doing this for your reelection in like three years from now, if I yeah. run for reelection. And like, and I think some of it's like the self-defense mechanism, right? Where like, I don't want to get my hopes up that there'll be a good change. Yeah. Uh, and then I feel let down. Uh, and, you know, as a, as someone in my position, I have to realize this is a big risk uh, because if I don't, if I don't live up to people's expectations, particularly with this committee, mm-hmm. um, then it will look like I, I lost. Right. Um, but the reality is, like, it's not about me. Like, there's a reason why mayors don't do this. There's a reason why we've never seen this before. And it's because it is a risk. Like, why not just keep your head down and, and try to weather the storm? Why step up and step out? uh, and put yourself, uh, you know, as a, a, possible, uh, target for criticism. Uh, but the reality is like the, the potential reward is just so good, right? Like we have a chance yeah. of actually passing something like in one of the things you're talking about, which is interesting. Um, they picking up, I, I guess, uh, from also my stories with, with some of these experiences I, I've heard about, um, is there's a relationship aspect to this, right? Like it's not, Hey, let's just check off these three boxes or these eight boxes, let's say. And we just saw policing and race relations. Like, wouldn't that be great? If that's all it was, it was like, you know, you turn in a test, you get it graded, you get your grade. It's on your transcript and never changes. Like wouldn't that be, but that's not life. It's about uh, setting up situations in the future where you're consistently building those relationships. Right. Like, um, and, and, is through those relationships within our community and with government, with elected officials. Like I get, my dad's never voted before ever. He doesn't live in Wichita. I'm pretty much forced to vote if he lived in Wichita. But um, he lives in New Hampshire, he's just never done it. And he's never going to, he's never seen a reason for it uh, because he doesn't trust the system. Um, But, uh, you know, we could still be working on people who haven't had, good experiences with government haven't had good experiences with elected officials, uh, or even police like, okay, like that's an opportunity to grow. We might never get everyone on the same page, but that's really not what it's about. Right? Like it's about, um, if you're reaching towards those people who, uh, really probably you'll never get like they've just had negative experiences they were elected officials uh and you don't get them. you'll probably get a lot of other people along the way who now become a part of uh i, I think the solution of working with the city so um that's kind of my role is to figure out uh you know what are the goals worth having and going towards it's stuff yeah and I'm fighting right. covid and <laughs> everything else yeah and rebuilding the economy and you know <laughs> oh yeah you got, you got, you got some,
0: uh, got some good, good puzzles to, to solve right there. my man. <laughs>
2: that's crazy.
0: No, but that, that's how, like you mentioned, that's how you, that's how you're going to, that's how you're going to win. That's how you're going to succeed or at least show that you, you being the mayor, you are the right person for the job. You are the person, like you said, you don't want to just sit, sit by and just sit there and hope that, you know, I hope everything goes good. And I just want to keep safe face. I think when people do that, I think a lot of people hate that the most. When you just sit there, say face because you got your nice office or whatever the case may be, and you're like, "This is where I'm just going to be. Hopefully, everything pans out. I'm just going to chill here." No, but when you're when you're getting, like you said, your stories, everything leading up to it shows you're ready to get in in in, in, in with everybody and experience what they're experiencing and take charge and, and be there. And I think that's what people like out of leaders, right? They will they they want leaders who are going to listen. They want leaders who are going to make changes based on information they've received from the outside sources. You can't be a true leader and only have your opinions, your mindset, your your values, and then say, okay, this is what we're doing. This is what we're going to do. That's not real leadership. That's that, that's that false sense of leadership because you can't force people to make things happen like this way. You have to be able to uh, gain information, soak in information, and then make good decisions based off your your outside environment.
2: And I can't, I got to watch, and I see this sometimes, where, like, there are people who will kind of say who are elected, like, what they others want to hear, right? Like, one of the things I kind of get in trouble with, um, if you tag me on Facebook or on Twitter, and your comment is, you know, something I think I can provide information, like, I will always get back to you, unless I miss it, unless some reason I checked out in a red light. And then, like, the notification didn't come back. Uh, And it gets me a little bit of trouble because, like, I'm I'm really blunt, right? Like, where, hey, I wish I could do what Lucas, the mayor of Kansas City, Missouri, is doing um, as far as addressing this issue. But he has executive authority. Uh, As mayor of Wichita, I don't have executive authority. Like, our system is just different the way it's Mm -hmm. set up. So I can't do that. I need you to also reach out to the county uh, to the county commissioners because they're in charge of COVID or to the city council members, because uh, frankly, um, like I think only one of them voted for me and we're not on the same page when it comes to uh, <laughs> some of this policy, but I'm with you. But as long as you talk to them, maybe you can get them with you as well and we make some difference. And so a lot of it I think is trying to uh, let people know, um, How the system works and how to empower themselves. Like you know, you don't have to convince me that we need to do this type of reform, but you might have to go convince um, these other two people who are actually on our social media. Like you got to shoot them an email, you got to make give them a call. Um, But and sometimes I get in trouble because like I don't read the tones. We're like, oh wait a minute. Like sometimes I get, oh wait, you're just kind of being a jerk. Like you're not actually looking to dialogue and have you know get get something. Accomplish here you're actually just kind of hate me because I'm the mayor um but usually it's like three like you know you're typing it's like like three streams down where I actually like oh like I get what's going on here I'm being trolled uh but uh it's uh, uh, oh my lights okay uh there's a motion light there uh so um but yeah so it, it's interesting just how the dynamics work uh, particularly in today's day and age yeah. and trying to be honest, uh, and forthcoming with what my limits are. And also sometimes people have just really dumb ideas too, right? Like sometimes like, and you got to yeah. kind of say that where are like, yeah, I see what you're going with this. Uh, there's a lot of problems. Um, we really can't do it that way. Like, let me tell you why, like that way it would actually hurt these people or, you know, uh, and try to be nice about it, but also, um, uh, real, I guess. Like my goal is to be real. Like during the campaign, like, my manager, Casey, she's amazing, by the way. She was, uh, your goal is to be the normal person today. And the way you dress isn't normal. Like, no one shows up to a parade wearing slacks and a button-up shirt like you have. And, you know, and she'll just, little stuff like that that politicians forget, right? Like, why are you dressed like that? Why are you, you know, you look like, you, you look really sweaty. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, be normal. Just be normal. And, like, a lot of that, because uh, I think people try to, kind of play up what uh, they think the role is, mm-hmm. um, and it, they lose sight of it. Yeah. Uh, and, and interesting, like you joke, or we joke about these last six months. Um, I've actually gotten, I feel like maybe I'm a little punch drunk, right? Like, and I don't know if you guys know what that means. It's when you get head head too much, um, and you, you your brain actually releases a chemical to protect it, but it makes you feel a little loopy. I, I used to k- do kickboxing competitively growing up. Um, yeah. so. Maybe, like, I'm now getting used to this, uh, but I just feel like I'm, I'm to the point where, like, something crazy happens, and I'm just like, okay, like, you know, like, like I live for yes. this. Like This is me now, right? Like, I'm going to embrace the chaos and go <laughs> take it on, head on, and, you know, like, oh, what's next kind of deal, where you know, it gets back to kind of my martial art competition days where you don't really know what you could take until you start taking some hits. Oh, yeah. You no. think, like, oh, man, well, if this person hits me, I'm going to be oh that'd be the worst thing ever if I got hit by this person then you do and they just that wasn't so bad you know and if you're a little guy like me you got to work twice as hard uh you know when you're in a ring but also when you're in my position as mayor where I'm not going to have all the right answers but I know I will show up to all five of the events today right like no one's going to outwork me no one's going to keep up my pace like I'm I'm just have that advantage, particularly over other people I usually run against a lot of times because I'm younger, but you're just not going to keep up with me and I'm going to outwork you. And that's uh, how I feel about being mayor where if I can't don't ever accept no from someone who doesn't have the power to say yes. Right. So if you're telling me I can't do it, then you better have a really good reason. If not, exactly. I'm gonna kinda work around you where you just you're gonna wind up going home and I'm gonna keep working. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of my attitude of getting things done. Where if I can't do it this way, can I can I do it that way? Can I start a council of the mayor? Like where are the limits of my authority versus my influence versus you know what tools I have? So very interesting. Um six months. I'm ready for the next six. Uh, and to be honest, we have some really good opportunities here in Wichita to make some change, um, and to grow on top of what we already do really well. Yep. Uh, and you know, it, it starts to be an open-minded and also ensuring that we have the community behind us. You know, a lot of leaders think they're leading until they turn around and they realize like, no one's following them. Like, so my job is to be, uh, you know, is to lead when it's my time to lead, but also empower others to lead, uh, when it's their thing, you know? So, uh because we're all in this together and not one person can score all the points.
0: 100%. 100%. Exactly. No, that, that is so awesome. You're, you're, you're literally speaking, the, speaking my and Jordan's language, honestly, and <laughs> not honest. Like this is, this is like, this is how we talk, me and him. We own a couple, we own a couple businesses together. We're partners in a mm-hmm. few other businesses. And this is literally how we talk to each other on the basis of one of us is slipping. So what you're saying, like this is, is, is definitely ringing in our brain and we love it. You're getting us jazzed because that's that's the type of people we want to be surrounded with, right? As you as a mayor, you want to surround yourself with people that are going to push you to do what you're saying to do. In case you slip up, in case there's something missing, you want someone to be like, hey, man, like you're kind of you're kind of screwing up here. You're, you're losing right. sight. You're losing sight of what, what your initial goal was and what, what our initial plan was. And then you're like, oh, shoot, right. I, I remember now. Okay. And then you get back on the horse. So, you know, you're speaking our language. This is awesome. <laughs> okay. so, this is really awesome.
1: It's kind of like it's just a mindset that goes into it. Like I, I took, I've, I had a class with Dr. Glazer uh, for two years. With you know about uh, Dr. Glazier? Okay. <laughs> I, got, I got my master's of public administration at uh, WSU, and yep. um, when I was like, when I was in the courses, I was still I was working, and so like since I work with the public, like I would tell people like when I was in there, like I was like when people come in, like they're usually not the happiest people. I was like our building's kind of the all black building. It's kind of dark, and people are scared to go in there. I was like, but when they leave, like. I was like, even though they might be paying for, like, for whatever reason, I want them to, to leave thinking like they've made a friend here. Like no matter if, they, if they're they yelling at me or if they're upset or, or happy, I'm going to like, I'm just going to keep the same um, like customer service skills. I would with someone that's happy. Just so it's like, all right, here's me. This is what I can do for you. It may not be what you like, but like, this is just, this is the city of Wichita. Like that's what I want you to be able to leave with thinking that government's not too bad.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's the goal is, is being reasonable, right? Like, like I say, a lot of these, goals I think um some of us live by are the ones like our moms told us to like super easy like be nice to people be reasonable like you know be normal like you know this uh and um in today's world I I, people want a good experience and we're in a customer service field you know when I first got in here um there, there was a a woman who worked for a uh media outlet who uh, needed some information she was getting kind of like stonewalled and she asked me about it and I said let me go see if I can find that info anyway she had to go on with her article and it was um it was a negative article uh because she didn't get the right information so she ran with what she had and she dragged my name into it and I wasn't even elected when that vote took place and that conversation with the staff here and, and with Bob um, you know, his city manager was like, Guys, we're in a customer service field. Like, it doesn't matter what this person writes for or what they write about. Like, if they, if they had the information that they asked for, like, we, it could have been completely different. Like, that's on us to, to provide what they need, um, regardless of who they are. Because I think their defense the was like, Well, she writes for this crazy blog. And it's like, Right. But, that doesn't matter. You know, like we got to still do our part on our end no matter who shows up or asks for what to make sure that, that they are treated with the utmost respect that we always remember that, like, or at least I always remember I work for you, right? Like you, you are my boss. Uh, It's, it's the biggest uh, uh, honor of my life next to being a dad um, is to be mayor of Wichita. A lot of people A lot of people, most people don't do this, right? Um, So, like, the way to do it right is stay humble and to realize that we're in a customer service field. My interaction with people, I want them to leave, um, you know, just the way uh, they would if uh, they interacted, um, you know, with with, uh, uh, anyone else in this building. We want to all be on the same page about delivering that service. Uh, So. It's, um, it's interesting though. It's, it's a, it's a new world here. I'm, I'm in an office of no windows now. Um, it's not a, <laughs> uh, not as fast paced as the legislature. Uh, but, um, you know, we, we have potential to do some good stuff. Um, it's just, we've got to actually start, I, I'd say putting points on the board, right? Like, yeah. well, let's start doing stuff. Let's start making changes. How do we vote on it? Yeah. Uh, and how do I bring people along who really probably don't like me right now? Um, yeah.
0: When it comes to customer service, then you know that that customer service aspect of it, and with things going on, you know Black Lives Matter, people are very upset with the police. It's all over the news. Fortunately for us, I think Wichita's done a pretty good job as a community to not you know cause riots, cause mayhem, but actually protest in an awesome and a good manner, to where it seems like respectful. We had a, we had a little a, l- a little uh, issue at the beginning. It was a real small segregated area. Um, the people that were causing this problem wasn't really a widespread thing. People were really upset about that. Mm-hmm. We're trying to be respectful and trying to protest in a great manner. Um, so what do you do for your customers in that sense? How do you, how do you, how have you been trying to appease um, the city of Wichita to kind of, collaborate and work together with the police, with the city, and, you know, show these people that black lives do matter. Black lives is very important. And that we're working towards that change. We're working to make sure you guys feel comfortable. How have you been handling that? So
2: there's a few things. Um, First of all, we did the best out of all cities our size. We're the ones that had like the least property damage. We had no rioter, protester, or police officer, or general person of the public. And I think they're all different. The protesters um, who came in and peacefully protested, uh, they made sure that everyone knew that they were not rioting. Like they were not, they were peaceful. They were not violent. I think you kind of saw some, uh, other folks, uh, in there, um, from, from really all sides, right. Uh, where we had, I think a one case, like, um, uh, white folks with big guns who came in to try to be intimidating and a police, police are responsible getting rid of them. And then you had other folks come in who are younger, I think who wanted to, uh, uh, uh be more rowdy and usually is alcohol involved anyway so there, I see I saw them as different groups yeah. one of the things that's interesting with Wichita is after the no Ferguson here um, protests that actually turned into action uh, that because of the no Ferguson here uh, protests that members of the community got together activist groups um, and they demanded um, body cameras on everyone uh, we got body cameras we have bo- all of our police have body cameras um, and uh, then um, so we had, uh, sorry, my phone rang. Um, and then they wanted a, a citizen review board. Well, okay. Like they got a citizen review board. Uh, and then they, uh, citizen review board is supposed to do, on the administrative side, you know, make sure we have some transparency uh so there are folks in, in the community actually started that conversation in these reforms years ago we have a new police chief who's very focused on um community policing which is about building relationships not just like diving into a community when there's a crisis um and then like getting out it's actually like becoming a part of that community so you're building relationships so when the um i think the national unrest starts happening and we see a little bit here in wichita is, well, a little bit we see it quite a bit and never gets to the same level as it does in, let's say, Minnesota, um, because in Minnesota, like, you saw this huge disconnect with, um, you know, the community and the police. Like, I, I talked to the police chief today, and we were talking about community policing and moving us forward, uh, but he made a comment, and he was right about how the guy who murdered um, uh, uh, George Floyd, uh he almost was looking around like, um, I am showing you, I will do this. I will show you that I don't have to get off of him. Like it was almost, and this is the police chief, his perspective of what that officer might've been thinking. It was prideful, it was, it was murder, right? Yeah. Um, so, um, and so it's interesting, cause we don't have that, that's not a culture here we accept when it comes to our officers and a police chief uh, uh, sets that tone. Our police chief was one of the first in the country for a city our size to come out and say that was murder. Like powerful words before any uh, real uh, organization, I think, started um, at the uh, you know street level. And then, of course, I come out and back them up. Where yes, we will listen to our community. And then, how do we complement some of that work that's already been done? Been done. Like, how do we build on top of it? I think the mayor's advisory board actually creates an avenue of. Um, Of of that discussion coming over to the policy side, to the elected official side, since the citizen review board is on the administrative side, uh, because our government's kind of broken up in these two groups. Uh, So, okay, so moving forward, what do we do, um, and how do we continue to build relationships? And it's, we got to recognize what we do well, Um, and this is a tough conversation that I have with people where, like, we need to fund the police because, you know, police um, police, uh, don't deserve the same type of funding like well actually if you get into the policy it's about a more holistic approach to policing right like saying if a police uh, come across a mental health emergency they can call call a social worker in and we're actually uh, just um, uh, restarted a a pilot program that that does that uh, which actually collaborates care Uh, so okay so we've already kind of established that this type of program works. Well, how do we take it to the next level? Right. Uh, and also it's expensive. That's the other thing where we do our budget simulators now and people are saying, well, if we just cut the police 10%, then we'll have, you know, money for pools and stuff like, right. But yeah, you know, if we want really good police officers, which I do, exactly. like I want the best, I want, I want Wichita to be the best at everything. Right. Like I, I'm from new England. I got that new England Like Patriots go to the Super Bowl every year. I got that attitude about Wichita. Like we're the best and come and take this from us if you think we're not. And, um, I want to keep, to train. We're one of two cities in the entire state that actually train our own police officers, uh, which means that we can, um, make changes on a dime when it comes to, uh, the newest and best community policing, um, Uh, policy. When something comes down, uh, we can implement those changes right away. Like this has been shown to be better at building relationships in the community. We're now training our officers to do that. Um, so, but if we are training the best and we are, uh, uh, want to keep the best and we want to keep the ones who, who really shouldn't be policing out, um, we got to make sure that we're paying and hanging on to officers who are doing the right thing. Right. The ones who you want to hang on to, because they're going to have options. Like if one of, one of the criticisms I think is the uh, idea that, uh, um, you know, like police, like the, like a list at a protest of like, you only got to do this, this and this to be a police officer. And that's not enough. Like, no, I agree with that. Like we should be looking for officers who have degrees, right. Associate bachelor's even master's degrees. We got to pay for those people or else they can wind up getting jobs doing something else uh, for more money. Uh, so being a legislator, I learned a little bit about this where um, we weren't paying at the legislative level, at the state level, uh, uh, home care workers. People go in and actually work with your know, grandma. We getting paid like 10 bucks, 11 bucks an hour. And one of the lobbyists came oh. in to talk to me about this and actually said, um, right across the street, from, from, you know, from, from the capital, uh, Pizza Hut has $14 an hour for drivers up in our window. Like we are paying people who are supposed to be with our loved ones less than like Pizza Hut's paying them. So, okay. So fast forward into like trying to retain and attract the best talent when it comes to community policing. Yeah. Um, we got to make sure that we hang on to the good cops, the ones who, who are really good at this. So they're not pulled out and plucked over into Tulsa, God forbid, <laughs> or anywhere else. Um, and, uh, you know, and because they're making our community better, like, I don't want to keep retraining people. Uh, yeah, I'm getting a ton of notifications. Someone's blowing up my Facebook anyways. Um, but yeah, so short story long, um, uh, it's complicated. And I think that, uh, we have the right pieces, um, as far as where we train the attitudes of our, um, our leadership, which is, you know, our police chief and our history that we have listened to the past or people in the past and made changes and made better changes. And that actually paid dividends this time around where those folks uh, who who have been in this fight for a long time, you know, recognize that and they now know the process to continue making those changes going forward. Exactly. No, that, that, that,
0: that makes things, that makes makes things good for us, right? It makes us feel good to knowing that the collaboration between the mayor, the, 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 the people, the people in the offices and in the city and then the people on the streets, they're all using each other to collaborate to make this a better city and to be, like you said, the best. That's the most important. And it's hard. It, right now, it's hard. I mean, I already know a little bit of the process. My brother wants to be a police officer. Hmm. And I train. Um, I'm in martial arts, too. I train jiu-jitsu.
2: Um, jiu-jitsu is terrible, by the way. <laughs> like, we should roll sometime. But my, I, I roll a valor. And okay. where do you go? Where, where do you go? Uh,
0: I actually, uh, I don't
2: have a gym. It's more, it's more like independent. But okay, I could probably roll with you then. The people I train with. If they roll um, with pillows and stuff, then yeah, we should actually roll. Um, yeah, i but
0: down. Uh, I'm down. Let's <laughs> make it happen. Let's make it happen. Um, but I, I train okay. from a lot of people who, who are um, black belts and, and team up with Fox Fitness. I'm not sure if you heard Fox Fitness. Yep. Yep, so I they, they train with them, and I go to the uh, – I actually do some training with some police officers too as well, so I know I know some of those guys. And that's something that I've heard, been hearing a lot about, you know, some of the training, some of the some of the, the ways to get cops in and out, you know, the, the choose, choose the right ones. Um, it's tough. It's a tough process. It's a long process, which is good, though, because you want it to be – you kind of want to weed out the ones that maybe just don't fit right. Either it's mentally, right. physically, or, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with the mental aspect. Like you said, community policing if they don't have that mindset, if they don't have that idea that, you know, the community comes first, I want to protect these people. I want to, I want to take care of them. You don't want these guys coming in with just these power hungry ideals thinking that I'm just here to throw them out, throw around my weight. Like that, like that guy you mentioned who killed George Floyd, you know, right. showing his power, showing I can do whatever the hell I want to do. So on and so forth. This is, uh, you know, I'm here for the community. So right. having that happen more using, you know, defunding the police is not going to get you those type of people. You're not going to yeah. get it,
2: it. Not in a money sense. Like, any outcomes? Like I get what they're trying to do. they try to shift money. A yeah. uh, really terrible, confusing way to present that in my opinion. It is. Um, but, you know, I, I grew up doing Taekwondo and we had police officers there uh, who trained with us. And I remember learning about uh, how use of force is. how, uh, oh yeah, if someone pulls a gun. I'm allowed to go. The officers would tell me, and this is back in New Hampshire, back, you know, years ago, mm-hmm. that um, you could take it one level higher. So if someone attacks you with a knife, you can fire at them with a gun. Uh, you could take uh the use of force one level higher. Uh here in Wichita we actually don't do that. Like we uh try to deescalate. And it showed I think one violent encounter that happened, you know, weeks ago, um it really was more alcohol driven than I think anything. Mm-hmm. Uh uh there were bullets Fired at the police, like they actually like one bullet skimmed a uh, police officer's helmet. Another one ricocheted, uh, ricocheted off the ground, and mm-hmm. shrapnel went into his leg. Um, a police shield was shattered because a brick hit it. Uh, a, a shield here got a bottle shattered. Um, the our our uh, uh, police responded with tear gas. Responded with bean bags, yeah. like like non. It, Cause I went in and checked it out afterwards to figure out what was going on. Absolutely. Non-lethal. Um, you know, uh, uh wait, no one wants to get tear gas. Don't get me wrong, but we can't have people firing shots in, in residential areas either. Right. Like I can't have a bullet uh, <laughs> of a random bullet into the room of a sleeping child. Like I'm, I just can't do that. Like I, I don't want that on my hands. I'll, I'll take COVID all day long battling that type of stuff, but yep. that type of stuff we can't like when it comes to what could happen with shots are fired. Um, But if you look at how we responded versus how other, let's say, not to knock the guys I worked out with back when I was 19, um, they didn't take it to the next level, right? They actually took it a level down and we're still successful. No one's in a hospital, no one on any side. It's like no major damage. Um, some silly stuff like the uh, court trip that was vandalized. I saw some video and it, it looked like, like kids like putting like chips in their mouths. Like it, it looks just ridiculous. It wasn't Yeah, it wasn't. It's taking advantage of the moment. I think it wasn't really, yeah. um, you know, the type of stuff you see in other areas. So anyways, the goal is to... Um, build on what we're doing well and just to, uh, uh I, I think, um, you know, work together for a better community and we can't ignore, I think, where we came from, thanks to the community involvement in the past. So now I got, uh, it's my job to figure out how do I take the community now what they want and those experiences and turn that into, um, positive, uh, uh change, uh, so that we continue, dialogue and and if there's another trigger event that happens you know in the future um and we got to make adjustments people trust and believe in the process uh for making that change right where people don't feel like they have to um go and uh uh uh, create any type of um property damage or any other other ways to to be hurt like that's we always want people to feel like they can just come and uh be at the table because like i said before like i work for you right like you're my boss so um we're not going to agree all the time but uh you know it's about customer service
1: exactly no i like that i I like the direction that wichita is going especially with with you you at the head of us kind of leading the way and uh when we spoke with brandon johnson just a couple weeks ago And we had mentioned people saying defund the police, and he's like, he said almost uh, like verbatim what you said too. Like, no, we don't need to defund. We need to give them more opportunities to learn and grow, and to face some of these like these um, challenges that come their way. And it's kind of like how you said, like when you're doing taekwondo and different martial arts, like if someone comes at you, like you know how to defend yourself, or kind of go a different way than just a violent route. Like you, you're not gonna see the face of danger and and go into a panic mode. You're going to know how to. Know, combat that in a different right. way that's gonna help us as a city, like as a community
2: well it's keeping your head and you know i think you you were saying this uh um where like what are the type of people you want to be police officers and you know as a martial artist uh um you control i think that emotional flux and you yeah. want those type of people in policing as well but also you want those type of people in politics you want those yes. type of people in leadership you want I had a really good, some, some martial instructors I think are kind of knuckleheads. Um, but some of them, I had a really good one who was, um, he thought if I knocked out a person during the amateur fights, like I was being lazy, like where like, yeah, you exploit a weakness just so you can get out of the last two rounds. Like, you know, it's stronger of you to get out the last two rounds. You know, it's not about dominating, it's about challenging yourself. Um, so like, uh, it was one of those where like, uh, um, uh, showing, um, uh, uh Showing, I, I guess what some people would say, almost a weakness or not exploiting a weakness uh, uh, actually showed more strength uh, where you took the difficult route was, was is always a more honorable route. Yep. So I think that, um, you know, that's part of uh, the the upbringing I had, I bring to this to this office where and, and it's one of those where you got to control those emotions. You have to control uh, uh, see the bigger picture um when you're in some of these positions not only as a police officer but really as a chief as a policymaker um we can't you know i, I look at my facebook and i think some of the stuff posting is reactionary and yeah. you know some of us uh we can't just be reactionary right we have to be responsive uh so you got to respond and not react and that's i, I think a different skill set but mm-hmm. i am actually blown up because i got another meeting so i think okay. i gotta uh I, I don't know if um <laughs> no that's fine if, if you got a book in me, so I apologize, but I probably gotta get off this too. Is there anything else I could do for you guys? No, let me know. We just really want to talk about a little bit of what you
0: said and hear hear your mindset here about kind of the things you've been having to deal with, with these six months, <laughs> these crazy six months. And uh I mean we definitely would like to continue the conversation, but we'll uh, we can definitely get back with you maybe after a little more once we get once we we, we hear from the civil rights group that you guys have yeah. the you know maybe we can kind of catch back up as a follow up and see how things have gone thus far after a few months and um, kind of continue the conversation and talk more yeah, about I mean, maybe some of the the successes we've you've had, and that we've seen in Wichita after you you know you've tried to knock down some of
2: these doors. Yeah, definitely. I I love some feedback on that, especially from your viewers and from you guys. Um, yeah, let's set another one of these up. I my goal is to be as accessible as possible, as accessible as it possible. Um, you know, because the reality is it's about all of us. If if I am doing one thing and you know, it's not getting support or people want us to be doing this other thing. And I need to know about that. And the only way I do is by not only doing these type of, um, you know, these type of of engagements uh, where you kind of get that message out there, but also getting the feedback uh, where, you know, I think that's what keeps government honest is when you get outside of, in Topeka, we call it dome thought, right? Where everyone kind of thinks the same, uh, but the goal is to get um, outside of that. So, um, you know, and talk to normal folks
0: but
2: yep. all right i'm getting i'm getting uh, pulled out is uh okay all right no, all right, no, yeah, no so i gotta no, go busy, <laughs> i know you're a busy
0: man uh, hit, hit me up later i'll i'll reach out to you later so we can see about uh, getting a roll on or something mm.
2: person yeah yeah awesome that sounds great all right, all right talk to you man take it easy yes. guys me on. bye thank you bye